Welcome to The Swifterhood, a podcast all about Taylor Swift's lyrical genius. Whether you've known from her debut album that she's had a place in this world or her folklore has become your evermore recently, we are here to faithfully and wholeheartedly deconstruct each song lyric by lyric. Welcome to Fartcast, what? where you... we talk about what's your poo telling you? Are you just, are we just testing this right now? <laughs> no, this is live. Why are we doing that? <laughs> um, welcome to Smartcast, where we talk about, are you smart or did you just fart? Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, welcome <laughs> to the Swifterhood. The Swifterhood. Today we are talking about two songs from Taylor's uh, version of Fearless. Number one is Jump Then Fall. Oh, nope, sorry. Number two, one is The Way I Loved You. Number two is Jump Then Fall. Yeah, we're a little giggly right now. <laughs> if you could see, uh, she didn't do a very good job at like separating the two songs. It looks like it's Jump Then Fall on the paper. But. So yeah, you are talking about about me. At first, I was thinking, oh, she's gonna say she like Taylor or something. No, you're no. I was talking about you. Right now. Throwing some major shade. It's because that's the title of the fearless feature. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um. So this is the Swifterhood podcast. It is yes, and I am Morgan. I'm Aaron. Nice to meet you. Where you been? So today's fearless feature is jump and fall into tough topics. And uh, we decided the tough topics that we're going to go through is from the Humanity Archive. They're on Instagram. You can follow them. It's an educational account. And so we were looking for, like, how can we possibly relate a topic to these songs? And we decided to just make it jump then fall into things we should talk about. Right. So this post that we're looking at from the Humanity Archive has five myths that need to go away. So I'll read one, and then Morgan, you can chime in with any thoughts you might have. Well, how come I can't read one, and then you chime in with some thoughts you may have? You, you certainly may. I'll pass my phone over to you if that's what you wish to do. <laughs> yes, thanks. Okay. So five myths that need to go away. Myth number one is reverse racism. Reverse racism is a myth because it tries to ignore the power and privilege dynamic between the individuals and groups involved. The myth of reverse racism assumes that racism occurs on a so-called level playing field when it doesn't. So, I mean, for me, the difference is reverse racism and it sort of implies that if you've encountered racism on an individual basis, that you've experienced racism as, for example, as a white person, if I've, you know, experienced a racist comment about white people that, oh, I've experienced racism, whereas Racism truly is a bigger thing that happens on a systemic level. Well, doesn't it kind of like when I hear about reverse racism, I automatically think the people that say all lives matter when we try to highlight black lives matter, right? Like trying to say, you know, we get we all of us are the same, like all of us deal with the same kind of racism in this world. So all lives matter kind of thing. Right. Well, when it's actually that's not true. There are groups of people who are people people of color and minorities that experience more discrimination than people of privilege. Right. And the systemic thing is just about the fact that it happens on so many levels. So 
I might experience, like I said, some comment on an individual basis, but there's not things that have been set up into place in the system to prevent me from being able to vote or get appropriate housing, that type of thing. Is that a good explanation of it? Yeah, I think it is. Good job, Erin. Okay. Well, I, feel the like teacher in us. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like it's not. I'll read myth number two. All right. Here you go. Myth number two is benevolent slave owners. According to the lost cause mythology, there were benevolent slave owners. Let's be clear. The institution of slavery was meant to exploit the enslaved fully. Benevolence was just a way for whites to exercise their superior status without a guilty conscience. Yeah, that that really bothers me, especially when I hear about history teachers having this discussion of was slavery about or was the Civil War about states rights and um, argue pros and cons of slavery. And they'll talk about the the economic aspects of it. It's like, why? Why are you allowing students to have this debate at all? Right. And the people who owned slaves knew that that was wrong. And honestly, what we are trying to move to saying now is enslaved peoples because it implies, you know, that they're people beyond just the fact that they were enslaved. The point is they knew that was wrong. And actually for a long time when slavery was continuing, it had been outlawed and people were still doing it. So that just goes to show that they knew it was wrong if it was illegal at that point. Yeah, I mean, it also just further trapped um, people of color, black people in America in this system that they couldn't get out of because, you know, suddenly, um, even if slavery was suddenly illegal, what were they supposed, where were they supposed to go? There weren't jobs for them. There weren't like they didn't have any land. And that's why, you know, today we're still talking about reparations to a large population of our country because, yeah, it's just so much more. And, than... I, and who gives a shit if people were kind to humans right? that they owned? Like you're still owning I mean, that's a what person. People say about like Thomas Jefferson, right? Because he had slaves and they're like, well, he was the president. He did a lot of good things for this country. And I was like, yes, but he was still a slave owner. Yeah. Yes, that really frustrates me. I have people talk about like, oh, you can't lose faith in our founding fathers because then you're losing faith in America. And I disagree with that. Yeah, I don't I, think well, it you means can lose faith in that ki- that America. Right. Like, yeah. That's not the America I want to live in. We were founded on slavery. This country would not exist to the point that it is without not only slavery, but exploitation. And that's a true and real part of our history that we cannot ignore. And saying that some slave owners were kind, I, I don't even know. What's the point of saying that? Like, that's some kind of weird off-topic argument that you're using. Why? Why are you bringing that up? Okay. Anyway, off <laughs> myth number three. Humanitarian intervention. Humanitarian intervention is almost always used to justify wars and imperialism. The U.S. record in peacekeeping and nation building in the developing world is atrocious. The recent, oh my gosh, quagmires yeah. <laughs> in Iraq and Afghanistan under the guise of global liberation should be a painful reminder. Do you have any thoughts on that one? I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, I would just say like in college, that was something that I started to see for the first time is I was just taught about nation building and the U.S. doing interventions for certain things in high school in a way that was presented as very matter of fact. And when I got to college, we started talking more about how U.S. intervention is often, you know, setting up 
a, the coup of a leader to our benefit so that we can have a banana republic or, you know, monopolize off another country's crops or whatever their goods are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Um, and oftentimes it is that there's a there's a guise of peacekeeping, but it's actually, you know, to get oil or to have control of that country's assets. Yeah. I mean, war war is always, always stemmed from a selfless place. It's not stemmed from a selfless place. Selfish, you mean? That's what I meant. Yes. <laughs> Myth four. You want to read it? It's trickle down economics. One of the biggest myths is that as rich people get richer, we all benefit. There is no evidence that trickle-down economics delivers more jobs, higher pay, or better conditions for millions of people. The rich get richer. That is all. Hmm. Also pretty self-explanatory. There's no reason why someone who's rich would then have to share that wealth. Like, there's no law in place for that. No, no obligations. They they can actually avoid paying taxes for ever. Because they're so rich, because they take out credit instead of pay income taxes. So they get a salary, like Jeff Bezos, I think, makes $85,000 a year. And then he gets that salary, so he doesn't have to pay much income tax on it. And then he buys like a million-dollar house on credit because they know he's good for it because of all of his stock options, and obviously he's a billionaire. So he buys it on credit, and then he just takes out other credit to pay that off, and he never has to pay income tax. So he lives in this country getting richer every single day, not paying an ounce of tax to our country. Yeah, and you think about companies like McDonald's or any other fast food where they're paying their employees minimum wage, which we should talk about is not a minimum wage. It's not a living wage. And they're at the at the exact same time, they're billionaires, and the people, the top CEOs of the company are making so much money or even just, you know, the upper part of the company while the employees, there's no reason why they have to pay them more. And then oftentimes if they say, oh, you do have to raise the wage, they just raise the price of their product so that they don't actually lose any money when it's all said and done. So trickle down economics, not a thing. That was a myth that was started by, do you remember which president was one of them? Wasn't it Clinton? No, Reagan? Reagan. Reagan. I think it was Reagan. Yeah, it was way before that. 80s, I guess. Yeah. Myth number five, objectivity. Objectivity is a grand ideal, but can never be an absolute reality. Historians, scientists, or any other, quote, expert will always have preconceived notions, prejudices, and expectations. Everything is what each individual perceives it to be. You need multiple perspectives to find the truth. So most things are subjective, not objective. And even just in scientific research, you can see how they might pull from data. Ooh, I know a good example. The BMI, the body mass index, index. is based on um, it's based on white people. All the research was done on white people. So a BMI, a doctor might tell you, oh, your BMI number is way too high, but there's no data to support a BMI for different body types and different ethnicities so that is an example of how there's subjectivity in a lot of research yeah we can't just believe everything is objective so for that fearless feature we're just giving you a little education and you can follow the while educating ourselves because let's be real we don't know everything about these topics Uh, excuse me i know everything Sorry, excuse me. I don't know everything about these topics. Yes, and I'm extremely humble as well. (laughs) I I wasn't going to say it. So you can follow the Humanity Archive if you want to learn more stuff like that. 
that's been really beneficial to me in the last like couple years, just following different accounts on Instagram and using it as an educational tool. So we're going to get into... We're going to jump, then fall into The Way I Loved You. Oh, I thought you were going to say the wrong song again. <laughs> no, I learned. Okay, so Taylor said, I got this idea for a song about being in a relationship with a nice guy who is punctual and opens up the door for you and brings you flowers, but you feel nothing. The whole time you're with him, you're thinking about the guy who is complicated and messy and frustrating. Com- Oh, oh, there's a few typos right there, but... Told you. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> um, um, at least we have notes, Morgan. <laughs> I know, that's true. I <laughs> need to stop running my mouth. Yeah, shit talking over here. Okay, so I don't know what interview that came from. I didn't clip that information in there. Like no, I you said, just these... <laughs> and paste two things twice. This is the thing that Taylor said at one point in time and space. <laughs> And if you know, hit us up and let us know. Mm-hmm. Somewhere. So the liner note was we can't go back. So what was your original connection to this song, Erin? Um, I really liked singing it. But from the very first time I heard it, I thought it was problematic. You thought it was problematic? Yeah. Interesting. Why? Even in high school. I guess I, I felt and I still feel that it gives women it reinforces a narrative that (laughs) um the guy who treats you like crap is more exciting and therefore like more valuable to go for yeah i get that i think i probably see it a little bit more optimistic than that and it's more of like um a relationship that has passion behind it has all of those like messy and frustrating and and complicated things because each person is so dedicated to what they believe in and and who they are in that relationship that you're you're gonna have more more things to argue about but also the highs are going to be better as as good as the lows whereas if you look back on a relationship like that and you get into one where you're just kind of like this is just like dull and i don't really like feel anything that's what you're you're more you're more reminiscent of feeling something that passionate as opposed to like coining it as like messy and do you do you know what i'm saying i guess but if you go if you could actually go back to that moment in time you weren't happy like it was really (laughs) terrible to fight like that right right so it's a nostalgia for excitement but excitement for excitement's sense like can't there also be excitement and beauty in stability Yeah, but I mean, I think she's I think at the end of the day, she's just saying like, I'm I don't actually like this person. And that's how she's using it to figure it out. Well, that's totally different, right? Yeah, that's totally different. If you just don't like the person because she does say I feel nothing, right? And it's just she's comfortable. Like it's not she's complacent, right? And it's not worth fighting for, I guess. I don't know. I still think I've just never wanted, I, you know, I had like the one relationship in high school with the guy that we've talked about and like, tell me why. But pretty quickly after that, I was like, Ugh, I don't I don't want this. And I I'm an Enneagram six, which oh, Lord, <laughs> I, I don't even remember what I am. I took this like you told me to take this like 
three weeks ago. I, know, I don't even I remember thinking about it and talking about we've I've talked a lot with Daniel, our friend about it. We were like, what is Morgan? You're kind of hard to peg. I would say I think you're the same Enneagram as Taylor. And if I were guessing Taylor's, it would be a three with a four wing. I think that's what I am. Yeah. Or I was an eight, maybe. Ooh. No, I think I'm a three. I can't remember. A three is the achiever. Yeah, that's me. With a four wing is the four is like the artist and they want to be the individual. And you could either have a two wing, which is the helper. Or <laughs> which I'm is not, what Daniel is. I'm not much of a helper. You all should look up the Enneagram. I mean, I do feel like sometimes people get too into it. But <clears throat> <laughs> no, I think it can be helpful for understanding yourself and your relationships. Like the point of it is like seeing where you are and where you can grow. Um, but anyways, I'm a six Enneagram type, which their core thing is seeking stability. Interesting. And you could psychoanalyze. Y'all heard our last episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Probably plenty of reasons for that. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but I have always just wanted a stable relationship. And when I heard this song, I was like, why? Why are you being so stupid? Like That's really interesting because I, I hear this song and I'm like, I mean, I, I, I know exactly this feeling. Like of just yeah, like not wanting it to be easy because that's what makes it exciting. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. No, and my husband and I just talked about this recently. We're like, we feel like there's some people who really enjoy the back and forth, and I, it's not like we don't have arguments. I'm not going to say that. Like we're not perfect, but I think there's a lot of fun and excitement in just getting along. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love some stability, but like, I think it's I, I, when I heard this song, every time I hear this song, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're singing about, Tay. I know it. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we should get into the lyrics then. Um. Oh, comparison to the original version first. I I mean, it's the same stuff that we've been saying. You can really tell. I, I at least it could tell this time around when we were listening to the lyric video. Um that her jumps between like octaves are much clearer. Like when she goes up notes or down notes, it's not as, um, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, broken. It's not like as harsh, but we've all said that about her voice getting it better. So, right. I was shocked listening to when we just listened through this one and jump then fall. So that'll be my same note uh, that they sound so similar to the original. Yeah. Whereas some of the other ones sound really different to me. And I think that's where she had that like overly twangy tweetiness, like in 15. Yeah, yeah. But these sound really similar and it it made me really happy, I guess. Yeah, her, her voice is clearer though, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, she definitely enunciates better. I have some interesting misheard lyrics and... Me too. <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting. So do you have a current connection to the song before we do lyrics? No, I mean, I think I just, I still feel the same way I did back then when I first heard it. Yeah. And I would just say that instead of doing tell me why theories at the end, I'm just going to go ahead and say it now because I feel like it makes more sense to say it now. I don't know where she's going with this. Uh, <laughs> the theory about this song is just that it, she got inspiration for this song from the movie The Notebook. And I mean... Allie and Noah's love, hello, it, it lasted and it was like this. Yeah. And when I heard that or I read it somewhere, probably on Reddit, 
Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm not even laughing. I'm so stupid. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyways, when I read that, it really made me appreciate this song more because I love oh, that thank movie. God. <laughs> I love that movie, but I do feel like it's also, it could be any typical romantic comedy. Yeah, probably. Or like, you know, the she's all that kind of like romantic comedy. Right. So she says when she says she got the idea for this song, I'm like, oh, you got the idea from the song from watching romantic comedies, which we know you did at this point in time, because that's the entire Fearless album. Yeah, because you were also in one. (laughs) Going on into it. He is sensible and so incredible. And all my single friends are jealous. He says everything I need to hear, and it's like he couldn't ask for anything better. I couldn't ask for anything better. (laughs) He... He (laughs) Want to read it at the same time? No. He opens up my door, and I get into his car. And he says, you look beautiful tonight, and I feel perfectly fine. Any thoughts on literally any of that? Well, I like that she used perfectly fine. Is reference to Mr. Perfectly Fine. For the sound thing, you know how I always like when it sounds like what it is? When she says, and he says, you look beautiful tonight. And it sort of like drops. Like that's how she's feeling. She's feeling anticlimactic. Like I wish some, I wish the old guy was telling me I looked beautiful tonight, not you. Yeah. All my single friends are jealous. He says everything I need to hear. So I guess that's, I love you or I mean just compliments in general just I don't know what exactly stability right yeah comments that make her feel like she's in a stable place in her relationship and he opens up my door that's probably notable for the chivalry aspect but she's she's basically saying she doesn't care about all these things she doesn't give a crap about chivalry chivalry's dead anyways so then we go into the chorus but I miss screaming and fighting and kissing in the rain. There's that rain again. And then that's a what? fearless reference, like yeah. literally to the title track. And then guess what's coming up? It's 2 a.m. <laughs> God damn. I'm cursing your name. I think that's beautiful phrasing. Yeah, it is. Uh, I could. How could you say that any better? Because if I were telling someone what that was, would be like, I was so mad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how she comes up with this stuff. Um, You're so in love that you act insane. Small side note, should we say that insane is not a real thing? Right. That's not a clinical diagnosis. No. FYI, you cannot be diagnosed as insane. It's not a thing. There are many types of mental dis- disorders, but insanity is not one. Psychosis is something that you can experience. But anyways... Just needed to say that. Although the law still recognizes it as a defense, insanity at the time of the defense, but you at the time of the offense, but you have to take a test to show that you were actually, you know, diagnosed with something. Right. Not diagnosed insane. Yeah. When my husband worked at the psych hospital, that would often happen. He would have people come in and they were being they were getting their competent competency. Competency. Competency evaluation. Um and Sometimes it seemed like there was a bit of a, a drama to it. Yeah, I mean, I've, 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 I'm obviously going to argue against that, but, you know. Well, let's hear it. I mean, 
so I have a lot of clients that we um, order competency evaluation for because the judicial system is a really complicated thing. And in, under the Constitution, like you have to understand everything that's happening in the court of law and you have to understand your rights as an individual in defending yourself. And, you know, even the even the most intelligent person could have trouble gra- grappling with that. And so can you if you can imagine the you know, if we can establish that our client was is not competent, then they can't proceed. Right. And would you then say that's a product of us not having a civic education? I would say some of it is, but I'd also, you know, like I think it's a good tool is what I'm saying. And so I don't think that it's being dramatized. I think it's a very good, useful tool for the court to have a better understanding of whether someone can go forward with their defense and whether they should be prosecuted. Right. I mean, like the person playing it up. Yeah, but to get that competency. But I I see what you're saying. Like, I, I don't think that we have enough because they're not just off the hook. If they're found incompetent, they actually have to go through restoration services, which is better, I would argue, than our judicial process of just going to prison, because you don't come out rehabilitated. No, exactly. But you're also I mean, a lot my client that is incarcerated that is going through restoration services is being held at a at a state hospital for people with mental illnesses. And so is that also the best place for you? I don't know. At least you can get medication and therapy while you're there, right? For sure. Although but a lot they're not of people, free to leave, so it's still like they're incarcerated. Right. Yeah. It seems like a second form of, I mean, it is in a lot of ways, like Gabe would talk about how he felt like the psych hospital was very similar to prison. Oh, well, because it is essentially like the people that are transferred out of um, jails, local jails, because they of their mental diagnosis, they, that's where they go. But don't you think that that's a safer place, at least for someone? For, to... Yes, because they have the people that they have people and staff there that are um, trained to deal with just what they're going through, as opposed to the local jail. Just they you don't have to have any sort of degree to work at the local jail. So you wouldn't know how to handle a bipolar diagnosis or a schizophrenic di- schizophrenic diagnosis. But at the same time, once you're on medication and and able to, you know, control what your mental diagnosis is, should you still be locked up? No. But anyways, we're we're way off topic. We're way now. off topic. I still really want to know what would you want to happen then? It's it's really hard. I mean, I think that those that people shouldn't be arrested if they have those types of issues. Like I think that's where we we police too much where like, you know, if you have a if someone calls for breaking and entering, a lot of my clients are charged with that have competency issues are charged with breaking and entering because they don't really understand that they can't go into these this place. Should they be arrested and put in jail if they don't understand that? No. So that's where you need to have someone come in and say, okay, listen, like a social worker or someone on the scene saying, let's not arrest them. Let's not charge them with this because like, they don't know what they're doing. And should we really put them through the judicial system instead of divert them and get the services that they need? That's what needs to happen. It needs to be a more cohesive state where policing is not is not the only way to solve problems. Right. I know I have a bias towards this, but what you're essentially saying is we need more social workers. <laughs> yes, of course we do. We definitely like social workers are the most underutilized um, people in our judicial system right now. Yeah. And they can be helpful in talking down situations where a lot Incredibly. of violence ends up happening with police. Yeah. Like assault and batteries on LEOs when you're trying to arrest someone that is 
in a psychotic break, of course, they're going to try to spit at you. Of course, they're going to try to kick you. But should they get an additional felony charge for that? No, because because you don't understand their mental disorder. And you need to have the intent. Like a judge will still find that you had the intent because you made the movement. It's just all messed up the way that the, the legalese and the legal, the statute reads and the way that people are charged in situations where I don't think the statute was intended for those types of people. Yeah, that makes sense. Very quickly before we continue, what is an LEO? A law enforcement officer. Oh, okay, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so back to the song. <laughs> You're welcome. That's the kind of tangent you get with us. But I think our conversations are interesting. Obviously, yeah, I'm biased. You can, just, but you can skip. Aaron can, Aaron can tell you. I can yeah. bookmark it. Yep. Okay, so, and that's the way I loved you. Breaking down and coming undone. That's a phrase she uses a lot, coming undone. Yeah. And she uses it in um uh and in the middle of the night when you're in this dream. Is that untouchable? Yeah. Yeah. Coming undone is also used in the debut album. And I just really like that as a phrase for being upset, I guess. Just falling apart. Yeah. Yeah, I sometimes have trouble translating it into more simple language because it's like she's already put it so well. I don't know how to undo that. <laughs> All right, and then it's a roller coaster kind of rush. I never knew I could feel that much, and that's the way I loved you. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of touched on that already when we talked about what our thoughts about the song are. So, But I love the image of the roller coaster. Me too, because that kind of rush is, I don't like roller coasters. <laughs> Me neither. Really? I would have thought that you would. So I go on them because I have to, I I feel like I should like them. So I make myself go on them. But that drop, I hate that feeling in my stomach. Yeah. I can be forced onto a roller coaster with enough peer pressure. And then I will basically just scream and cuss out the person who forced me onto the roller coaster. See, I don't even scream. I literally put the bar into the like depths of my stomach hold my breath and close my eyes. <laughs> so it's like, what's the point of being on it? Exactly. But I just force myself to do I it. always enjoy the roller coasters where they're in the dark. Oh, God. I mean... Because then you can't see. It's less scary. Exactly. That's the worst kind. Oh, I hate no, I think those. it's better. I don't want to see that. Okay, I'm so let me that. just correct this. Aaron, in fact, does like roller coasters. No, I do not. <laughs> I do not. I want to clarify. Okay. Verse two. Verse two. He respects my space and never makes me wait, and he calls exactly when he says he will. He's close to my mother, talks business with my father. He's charming and endearing, and I'm comfortable. Okay, so he's close to my mother, talks business to my father. That's exactly the notebook. Um, He respects my space. He's not controlling. He calls when he says he will. He's dependable. It just struck me that I forgot that this was also, this song was, I saw a TikTok where they made it as Gilmore Girls of Rory and Dean. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why, I mean, aren't you a team Jess? I'm a team nobody, honestly. I feel like all her boyfriends are kind of terrible for different reasons. See, I'm such a team Jess. And like, Jess compared to Dean, I was like, why? Like, I this is Jess and Dean. Jess is such a little prick. No, he's not. Okay, when he grows up, he's better. But at the point in time when they date, he's just broody. So Gilmore Girls, if you haven't watched it, (laughs) you you all know that I am obsessed with the Gilmore Guys podcast. And at one point, at the point where I'm at right now, it's like 
when Rory just got arrested and she's living at the um, sex house, as Richard calls it. And you're like really far in the series now. Yeah. I think it's season six. Six, yeah. Yeah. And so you get to the point where in the in the podcast, Gilmore Guys, they're talking about Rory is becoming an unlikable character. So on the one hand, it's like I would expect better for her than these boyfriends. But on the other hand, I don't know. She doesn't expect that much of herself in certain aspects. Okay, well, we're not going to dive into Gilmore Girls right now. <laughs> All right. So anyways, this could be applied to The Notebook or Gilmore Girls. I mean, it could be applied to any romantic comedy. All right, Morgan. So then there's the chorus again. He can't see the smile I'm faking and my heart's not breaking because I'm not feeling anything at all. And you were wild and crazy. Just so frustrating, intoxicating, complicated, got away by some mistake. And now I did not know that that was a, a line got away by some mistake. What did you think it was? I have to hear it to try to think. Something about got like... Got away by some mistake. Yeah, I don't remember. Did you hear it as got away? I think I just kind of mumbled words together. <laughs> <laughs> My note about this would be, I have always loved singing this part because it does that looping thing that I was talking yeah. about. Where it's sort of like one sentence becomes the next one. So just so frustrating, intoxicating, Period complicated got away by some mistake but she loops it all together and then and now leads back into the chorus yeah as one connecting sentence again it's good i love it and i like the line this is my favorite line and my heart's not breaking because i'm not feeling anything at all oh i'm trying to think of where did i mark mine i don't know you reminded me to do mine i did and i didn't mark mine (laughs) (laughs) such a double standard I guess it would probably be that part. Oh, the loop-de-loop? The loop-de-loop. That's like the Spongebob gotta learn how to tie your shoes song. You'll have to teach me that later. Okay. And my heart's not breaking because I'm not feeling anything at all. I really just love that because your heart can't break if you never actually loved anyone. Yeah. And that brings up your point of she really just is not into that guy. No. Do you think in the notebook she was it really in love with I don't even know his name. The guy she was going to marry before Noah. Lonnie. Wasn't it Lon or Lon or? I don't know. It's been years since I've seen that. I just watched it recently. I think she liked him. Like, that's the thing is I think she respected him, liked him. He did everything that she wanted, like the song says. Like she thought that's what she should do. But, I mean, she, there's a reason why she went back to find Noah, right? Right. And they did fight. But then I I would think that after that, they did have that stability. Like it shows that they had the rest of their lives together. Right. After they got through that, like, well, it just shows I'm that so stubborn. Yeah. But they're both just not they're not going to waver on their on their beliefs and on their system and who they are. But you can still learn to agree to disagree and fight huge and still make up. So what did you write this song? 72 roller coasters. Oh, shit. I gave it 70 out of 100 roller coasters. Oh, gosh. <laughs> We're so predictable. I guess it was the most remarkable noun. Yeah. That was fun to pick. So, yeah, you gave it two points higher than I did. We're pretty close. Yep. Okay, on to Jump Then Fall. Swift told MTV News about this song. She said, it's really bouncy and happy and lovey. It's got this really cool banjo part that's like bouncy and I don't know. It just has a really good feel 
good vibe to me. That was a good job reading that. Thank you, Erin. The liner note was, last summer was magical. So who's she talking about? Ooh. You know, it, it kind of feels like from what she said about it, it doesn't seem like it's about anyone. I don't know. I guess she's just explaining what the song feels like. She probably just like met some rando and had a great like week of a fling and it was magical mm. and she wasn't scared to jump and then fall. What did you think about this song originally? Um, originally, I really liked this song because it was one of the singles, right? It was like it wasn't released on the album. Ooh. No, it was. It, it's an it's a bonus track. It's a bonus track. It's but on, I think it's on the platinum version, I think. It is, but I I also think it was on the um No, that was today was a fairy tale. Never mind. I was thinking if it was on the that uh that Valentine's Day soundtrack. Oh yeah. But I really liked this song because of the way that she described it to the MTV that it was bouncy and like just fun to dance around to and like, you know, roll down your window and sing out loud to. I didn't like this song. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> when I first heard it, I didn't like it. But it's that same theme that I've been talking about with the bonus track. So I've liked it more when I went back and listened to it. Yeah. Just for the purity of just the happy feel. Like, hey, Steven, you know? Th yeah, like there's not much substance to it, but it just makes you feel good. Yeah, but I, I think I also really like how it feels like a trust fall like you know when you were in middle school yeah and you did that yeah 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 that like lean back thing yeah and learning to trust or just taking a big leap and being able to say hey i like you it's just i guess it's a nostalgic feeling that i like more as an adult than i did then yeah like dive in first and then you can worry about falling in love with the person head first fearless okay so I also wanted to point out that the lyric video of Taylor's version is really cool because there are some unseen pictures that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. I think she's in Hawaii. It kind of looks like Hawaii, right? I think so. Like with the waterfalls and the beach and the the um, coastal like paths that all look. Have you rocky. been to Hawaii? I have. Oh, cool. When did you go? Senior in high school. I was so mad at my parents. This is how bratty I am. Because my dad like won a trip through his office. And so then they decided. So my mom and him went one week first. And then the second week, we my sisters and I joined them. And it was my senior spring break. And all of my friends went on a cruise. And I had to go to Hawaii. And I was so pissed off. Well, you had to go to exactly, Hawaii. Exactly. That's how bratty I am. <laughs> I, I specifically remember how annoyed I was that all my friends were on a cruise, including my boyfriend at the time. And I was stuck in Hawaii. Wait, your boyfriend went? Yeah. It was my it was your senior trip. It was like our senior like um uh you know, spring break, senior year, and so a bunch of people went on this cruise and I had to go to Hawaii. That's so funny. Anyways, let's get on into it. I like the way you sound in the morning. We're on the phone and without a warning, I realize your laugh is the best sound I have ever heard. I like the way I can't keep my focus. I watch you talk. You didn't notice. I hear the words, but all I can think is we should be together. I love this. The first part reminds me of our song when she says, you know, like we're on the phone and we're talking at night. That feeling of like high school being on the phone with someone and starting to like them a lot. And then the second half can't keep your focus. Watch you talk. You didn't notice reminds me of fearless. Yeah. When she says like, I don't remember what it is, but she's looking at him as they're driving. So I see parallels between those songs, but I think it really encapsulates when Just you that first feeling of yeah, like a crush. When you start to realize you like the person, I love 
I just, without a warning, I realized your laugh is the best sound I have ever heard. Because it is that moment of clarity. Yeah. When you're like, oh, I think I like this person. Then the pre-chorus is, every time you smile, I smile. And every time you shine, I'll shine for you. Shine again. Here we go. Shine, shine, shine. She loves that word so much. She uses it a lot in the first two albums. She does. I can't think if she does in her third or not. I, I'm, we should look at that like... We should try to find out. But I bet she, I bet Shine makes an appearance in every album. That's interesting. Yeah, there's that Instagram account I keep referencing and can yeah. never think of the name. But it's where they do the bar graphs. And I'm going to look into that. It should be somewhere. All right. Morgan is going to... She has a task now. You have homework. She's going to look and see if she can find if Shine is in all the albums. Right? That's what you're doing? Uh, yes. Whoa-oh. I'm feeling you, baby. Don't be afraid to jump then fall. Jump then fall into me. Baby, I'm never going to leave you. Say that you want to be with me, too, because I'm going to I must stay through it all. So jump then fall. OK, so here's my misheard lyrics on this. <laughs> so, baby, I'm never going to leave you. I heard be there because she says, baby, and it just sounded like be there. I'm never going to leave you. Say that. I heard see that you want to be with me, too. And then because I'm a skate through it all. <laughs> and I never really got it. I was like, why is she skating? It is kind of confusing with that. I'm a... I'm a skate through it all. Yeah. And then I was... That was one of the ones where I was shocked when I heard the Taylor's <laughs> version. I was like, oh, I've been singing this wrong forever. I, th- I got all those. I already had those. So, I mean, that's kind of like you belong with me vibes. Not much to say, I don't think. Well, I like the way your hair falls in your face. Oh, thank you, Morgan. You got the You got the keys to me. I love each freckle on your face. Oh, I've never been so wrapped up, honey. I like the way you're everything I ever wanted. That is the most fun part to sing and think in the song. Um, <laughs> are you not going to sing it? No, I'm singing it to myself. <laughs> I've never been so wrapped up, honey. I like the way you're everything I ever wanted. It's really, it's a good um, rhythm, I guess. My favorite lyric I marked here, I love each freckle on your face. It seems so insignificant, but I just, I love it. I don't even know why. I just like it. That's a good one. I think my favorite one is the um, take a deep breath and jump then fall into me. Hmm. The word into is kind of a strange preposition to use. It fits because you're jumping into. So you have to like. You're jumping into a relationship. Yeah. You jump to a person. Into is like within yes which makes it kind of had to use this to make it fit with the song so i like that yeah i guess it's just my literalness does not i think it's a strange preposition to pick and fall to me yeah it it wouldn't work the other way um so then we go back through you know every time i smile and the chorus again the bottom's gonna fall out from under our feet drop out oh sorry the bottom's going to jump out from under our feet. I'll catch you. I'll catch you. When people say things that bring you to your knees, I'll catch you. The time is going to come when you're so mad you could cry. But I'll hold you through the night until you smile. Do you have any thoughts on that part? No, I, I always like her bridges. They they always expand upon the, the premise of the song. Yeah, I really like that you're so mad you could cry because I've been in that situation before. Like, I remember specifically one time in college when i was so mad at this girl it's a whole long other story but i was crying and she was like 
I can tell that you're sorry because you're crying. And I was like, no, I'm just crying because I'm angry. I'm so furious that I'm crying. Yes, I cry all the time when I'm angry. And that's interesting. I've only had that happen a couple times, but it seems like the pinnacle of you're really, really mad. This whole thing is just building how she's going to support him. So she's saying like, or the person, she's saying, uh, you can trust me, essentially. Take the risk with me. And when people bring you down, I'll bring you back up. Yeah. When you're the toast of the town, babe, or when you strike out and you're crawling home. Yep. What is that? New Year's Day. Yes. Okay. Yes. But I I like that because it's building trust. I think I like this song. This, this is a good one. And I didn't. It's interesting that I didn't before. But anyways, so have we read all those other lyrics? Because then yep. it goes through the chorus again. So what was your rating? If you so, yeah, I eagerly said I like this song. I did, but I think I liked it more when we went through it, and I don't <laughs> just talked about it. I gave it seventy two out of a hundred freckles on your face. Did you pick the same thing? Yes. I Fuck. 70 freckles on your face. So our ratings are reversed. Yes. Because I did 70 and then 72. Yeah. Ah, that's wild. All right. So we have no creative bones in our body, I guess. No. <laughs> We're just picking the most interesting nouns within the song. I'm going to start picking things that are really mundane. I'll be like 72 out of 100. Yes. <laughs> into Pre- pick a pre- preposition well you could have done into since you made such a big deal about that one made a big old fuss all right so we already said our theories taylor trivia so i have some questions for you erin um, bear with me because i found them online okay they're not from the book no are you worried that i'm going to read that book when you're not here and learn <laughs> yes, all the trivia? Cheat. <laughs> it's been sitting over there on that bookshelf thingy since the last time we used it i'll start with an easy one taylor swift met actor taylor lautner on the set of what movie valentine's day correct which of taylor's song songs earned her a guinness world record for fastest selling digital single would you like the multiple choice or do you want to try random uh multiple choice please shake it off we are never ever getting back together Mine, or You Belong With Me. Fastest selling digital album. Or digital, dig, whoa, what the? <laughs> Sorry, it makes noise. <laughs> we have sound effects now. Ooh, Swifter was right. fancy. I was right. Okay, can you read them again? We Are Never Getting Back Together or Shake It Off was my top two that I was going to pick from. I'm going to go mine, with. Mine, or You Belong With Me. I don't think it's those. I think it's Shake It Off. Eh. <laughs> What I was it? right. It's we are never getting back together. Ugh. Wee. So that, so Taylor's 200, 200, 2012 hit, We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, earned her a Guinness World Record when it climbed to number one on the iTunes singles sales chart just 50 minutes after it was released. Number one in 50 minutes. Okay, next one. Damn, girl, do you remember that one time she accidentally released like sounds? Yeah, <laughs> and it went to number one like yeah. within like an hour. Everyone's like, "Taylor, what did you put out?" <laughs> it's just like, what do you even remember what it was? Oh gosh, that's hilarious. Number nine, or sorry, I have another question. For okay, you. okay, I'm ready. Taylor was the spokesperson for what NHL team? Do you know what NHL is? National Hockey League, <laughs> <Just> bitch. <checking. laughs> um. So the, I do have multiple choices. Okay, for thank you. you, thank you. A Predators. 
B, flames. C, kings. D, flyers. Kings. I'm going to guess what I, mine is. Oh, you, mine was wrong. Oh, okay. Okay, let's, and you guess kings? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Neither of us. What were the other two? Predators or flames? Let's what? go with flames. <laughs> <laughs> we're totally wrong. Predators. Predators. Let's read about this. Taylor not only served as spokesperson for the National Hockey League's Nashville Predators. Oh, if I known from them, they were from Nashville. Oh, yeah. But once distracted opposing player Patrick Kane, allowing the Predators to score a goal. To score. Oh, the next. Oh, Ooh, la la. Let's see if I can get you one more. Oh, that's easy. I'm looking for the hard. I one. like this though. I like with the sound effects. Make sure it's closer to the mic so they can hear it too. Okay. Aaron mm-hmm. is always in my business about being close enough to the mic. Because sometimes, Morgan, you don't talk into the mic. That's because I don't like staring at a black pillow instead of the face of who I'm talking to. It's not a pillow. It's a. Well, it looks s- like one. It looks like one of those egg crates. <laughs> okay what song earned taylor a best lyrics award at the 2015 i hearts high heart radio music awards a blank space b bad blood c highway don't care d shake it off blank space yay yes. i mean it has amazing lyrics yeah Blank Space is an electro pop song with Ooh. lyrics that sat. I can't say this word. Satirize. 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 That is weird. Right? <laughs> the media's perception of Swift and her relationships. Okay, we will leave it at that. Oh. Starbucks lovers. That is not. Tr- that is. Do you disagree with the answer? Did you do another do. trivia? I did another one, and I totally disagree. It's the one that we talked about last time. What is this website thing you found? Useful trivia. Oh, it is useful. It's very useful to the Swifter. Who did Taylor write I Knew You Were Trouble about? Bruno Mars, John Mayer, Taylor Lautner, or Harry Styles? Um, John Mayer. That's what I put, and it's wrong. This is what we talked about. Everyone thinks it's fucking Harry Styles, and it's not. Disagree. Because she Strongly wasn't even disagree. dating him when she released Red. I don't know why people think this. Yeah, it's a strong disagree. And flew you, you flew me places I've never been with, like she went on trips. Yeah, this is in light of her previous song, Dear John, the media originally speculated the song to be about Taylor's ex-boyfriend singer, John Mayer. But Taylor would later reveal it was actually about singer songwriter Harry Styles. Did she ever reveal that? Uh, it, apparently we need to look into this. We do. I'm really upset. about. Everyone this right says now. that we're wrong, but. They weren't, I don't think they were dating then. I don't then. think they were either. Or even if they had started dating before Red came out, it definitely like was not when she was right. Like it was in the interim when it was being produced. It was already written. Right. Because it's like two years in yeah. between albums. Right. Except for Rep. Uh, and she only and started dating. But didn't she start dating him? Or maybe she was public. Maybe she was dating him before it was publicly known. But their relationship was actually pretty short, which is yeah. why a lot of people with like the... um Taylor, like Carly Kloss theories or like Diana Agron stuff, think that some of those songs were about them because she actually only dated Harry for, I can't remember if it was like three or five months. Yeah, but, and the first time they're seen together is in December of 2012, which is the month after, month or no, three months after the album was released. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. No, so I... 
I think this is incorrect and everyone is wrong. Maybe like they asked her, is this about Harry? And she gave a vague, weird response, you know? All right. Okay, so that's Taylor Trivia. We will be back next episode with more fun-filled noise sound I love that because, you know, I I would love to be able to insert sound effects and y'all might think I'm just uh, what's it called when you're old and they call us chuggy. I've never heard that because I'm probably even too old to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know, people who like Ugg boots and it's basically like millennials and the things that we do. Side parts, skinny jeans, things like that. And maybe people my age do know how to do this. But I'm not very good with the tech. and I'm just doing it myself. I, I blame my career for oh, the, my oh. lack of, of tech savviness. <laughs> Why? Don't you use because the computer? We, yes, but I use like an old Dell desktop. That's what? Like, because we just use Word and we use email. Like what else are we going to... Lawyers are so far behind in in technology, like technological advances because like they just don't want to get out so we i still have paper files for everything like wow it's ridiculous oh well oh my gosh okay yeah the point was i don't know i've tried inserting side effects side effects <laughs> sound effects before <laughs> i have a lot of side effects um i've tried doing it and i couldn't figure out how to do it without doing it you over top of the sound <laughs> what if you take this you may develop cramps side effects of being a swifty include <laughs> paranoid theories obsession <laughs> yeah lying on the floor and sobbing your eyes out when you're not sad just because you want to feel emotional depth <laughs> like she felt exactly um well anyways i don't know how to insert sound effects so thank you and i think we should keep using that one it was fun okay so next we are going to do our plugs section we'll write your name yes always our buy us a coffee is linked in the episode description and on our website please rate and review our podcast and download the episodes yeah so if for the buy us a coffee you can just do like a couple bucks if you want to support the show and then the rates and reviews help us just move on up the ladder y'all so yeah please if we get to 75 morgan will sing hey steven social media we are on instagram and tiktok swifterhood podcast and on twitter we are swifterhood p and our email is swifterhoodpodcast at gmail.com if you want to send us theories please we're running low on them please send some but don't break my heart Don't break my heart. Okay. This is us signing off. We'll see you next week. I also just want to say very quickly, I'm so sorry, Morgan. You're clearly ready to rock and roll and get the (laughs) hell out of here. Um, If you all have tips for TikTok, send them my way because I don't know what I'm doing on there either. Also, if you know how to insert side effects. (laughs) I did it again. It's like, what did you call TikTok? TikTok. If you know how to use TikTok and you got promotional ideas for me that'd be helpful we'll always take some um, helpful advice from you uh gen Zers. all right we love you forever and always